Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Welcome, leaders, to this week's edition of the Life Group Leader Podcast. We are starting a brand new series this week called I Need a Miracle. We are so looking forward to walking through these incredible passages uh, with you week in and week out, and more importantly, uh, for you to walk through them with your uh, life group. Uh, of course, we're coming just right on the back end of Easter. Uh, a little bit of secret insight, though. We're recording this before Easter, and so we are saying in faith, knowing and believing that it was an amazing uh, Easter, and then now excited to kick off um, this series uh, together. And um, I'm not alone in kicking this off, but we have got uh, the very well-known, the very well-respected, the very highly esteemed contributor to so many things here at Mariners um, with uh, the Gospel Everyday Podcast. She's our, our pastor of Next Step. Ladies and gentlemen, Tiffany A. Lyons. It's Tiffany Lyons. What's up, Tiffany? It is so good to be here, John. Wow, what an intro. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and that was uh, free off the cuff that it wow. comes from sincerity, uh, who you. you are and all that you. you do. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, we were saying before this, um, so you know what you're doing. We've done this before, but you're yeah. you're telling me this is the first time you've been on the Life Group Leader Podcast. It is. I have been a listener, but first time, first time. Long time listener, first time caller. I that's think right. that, that, that's, that's a line. Yeah. Oh, can I be honest with you? Yeah, please. I've listened to a couple, so I couldn't go with that straight up thing. I was trying to edit it yeah, yeah. according to the truth of like couple time listener. Yeah. Uh, but now I'll start to listen now that I... I'm on it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, 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 listen to this. Every uh, week. Uh, you, I know you've been on the If uh, I Had More Time podcast. That's right. You're a great contributor to that. And of course, there's so much more to your role in what you do here, helping people take their next steps and, and how they serve and activate their gifts. So, yeah, we're so grateful, grateful, grateful for you and all that you you bring. We were just saying, um, I need a miracle. It took us about, what, half an hour to get these mics turned it up did. and ready? It did. It, so It's crazy. It's like, what a start to the series. Yeah, yeah. It, we needed a miracle. Yeah. The Lord provided. He did. He provided in the form of Dallas Viva walking us through <laughs> tech, tech support. God. We're so happy. <laughs> uh, but man, this is going to be a great series. Uh, Life Group Leaders, you hopefully by now have already received your new series uh, magazine. And man, these are so um, just well done with the articles, the supportive resources that are through here. That the volunteers that have contributed to this thing, I mean, not only do they look and feel beautiful, but the way that um, our volunteers have helped contribute and shape the content in here is just, it's just so, so incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. And so um, every time we do these, we do these about three times a year, these hard copy series mags. Uh, leaders, you may be wondering, well, where do I get my sermon questions? How do, well, they're in here. They're in here. Every week you can find week by week, the sermon discussion questions, which are in here. And we're going to walk a little bit through now. But Tiffany, I'd just be curious to hear from you. What, what are you excited yeah. Um, for in this series as you look at the the healing stories of Jesus and and what they mean for us today. I'm so excited because I think for many of us, there is at least one thing in our life, probably multiple things in our lives that perhaps we have lost hope with. Mm. And for some of us, there are seasons that it's like, wow, I feel like the lost hope is all consuming. Mm. And we we can look back at what Jesus has done and what that actually means for us today. And so I'm really excited about the hope that might be be able to be found in um, in Jesus and, and His ability to actually step into our situations and circumstances. So, yeah. I think I think our people will be blessed by this series. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, that's it. And then we did the series overview, leaders. You probably got that. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to that with um with our senior pastor Eric Geiger. One of the things we also talked about was 
um, the the extended prayer times during this series. I think at least here for Irvine, if not of all of our congregations, three out of the five weeks, there is going to be an intentional invitation to receive healing prayer, which, um, man, that's who we believe God is. And that's what we want to press into this series, that there's nothing that's without hope. There's nothing without God's ability to rescue and redeem a situation, whether that's a physical, emotional, spiritual burden that we're carrying, that what we read about in Scripture is indicative not just of who God was, but who he continues to be today, that he is a God that heals. That's right. Not only does he, can he do it, he wants to. That's right. He wants to step into our situations. Yeah. And so the lean-in question here just opens that up, right? Initially for our leaders, as we look at week one, um, the passage is going to be from Matthew 9, 27 through 34. But the lean-in is, do you think miracles still happen today? Why or why not? How would you interact with that question, Tiffany? Um, I think... For sure. I, my answer is yes. I yeah. believe they still happen today. Um, and I believe it because Jesus is still alive. Mm. You know, the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Like, we, I mean, he is not less powerful now than he was when we read about him in the pages of scripture. And because he's consistent that that means that he still wanna, and he wants to interact with us in, in the same way. That's right. This time. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that Eric walks us through this in the first part of his message as well, right? Um, he talks about the difference between a naturalist and a supernaturalist. And actually, it's impossible to be a follower of Jesus without believing in the supernatural, the God who created all things, who spoke all things into existence, the God who came to us in flesh, who took on our sin, shame, and our burdens, who we just celebrated was not only uh, crucified, but was, was rose again. Like, this is, this is who Jesus is. Um, and so not only do we see that in the truth of scripture and who God is in his character, but also, I don't know, Tiffany, probably for you too, that we've have the experiential knowledge of seeing a God that heals. Have you maybe encountered that in your own life and in the life of others? How, how have you seen the, the healing nature of God? For sure. I, I was actually trying to think of a time. And honestly, this weekend, I had somebody come up to me mm. and um, about a year ago, I forgot that this, to- that this happened, but she came up to me and said, hey, a year ago, you prayed for my dad, who was essentially on his deathbed in mm-hmm. Egypt. I was FaceTiming him mm-hmm. from the patio of Parenter's Church. And um, and the doctors said it was bleak. There was no way he was going to survive COVID and then some subsequent things. And she told me just a couple of days ago that her dad is alive and well mm-hmm. and is doing great. And when I look at stories like that, Come on. the only explanation, because the doctors can't explain it, nobody can explain it, is that there was a miracle that took place. It's beautiful. And um, I was so excited. I gave her a hug and I was like, let's pray right now. Yeah. You know, let's celebrate. Let's pause and thank God for the miracle that he did. Um, and it blows our minds. And yet this is so true to who God is. It's That's beautiful. right. Yeah. 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 So so many different stories and examples of where, where we've seen God heal. And then also plenty of stories as examples where in the immediacy, mm-hmm. we don't see what we're hoping and we're longing for. And that's going to be a substantial part of uh, the conversations you're going to have in your groups. And Eric's going to walk us through that um, each week as we look at these healing stories. Um, but, you know, he talks about that they're mir- they're called miracles for a reason mm-hmm. because we don't always see them. And because God is above all things, yeah. um, he can suspend nature, the laws of, of nature and, and supersede those to outwork the miraculous. And we see that and we believe in it, but we don't always see that in the immediacy. So just as important as it is to, share those stories of, of hope and longing where we've seen it is also to allow space for a man where, where we haven't, haven't seen that. Yeah. And, and Eric does this brill- brilliantly in this message too, of course, pointing towards 
um, man, there is faith and assurance that the ultimate miracle has already been won. Like all of us, Jesus followers, that's a resurrection story. Dead to our sins, alone in our trespasses, enemies of God against him, dead dead to rights. And because of what Christ has done, like he raises us. That 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 is a miracle in and of itself, right? Um, and so we're going to look at these different things. And I think the other thing to say about miracles too is, you know, in my background, at least, uh, we used to talk about signs and wonders, mm-hmm. si- signs and wonders. And we would say it, it it's a sign and it's, it, it should cause you to wonder like that. The miracle is not the miracle itself. And a lot of the, the, these, uh, the, these teachings are going to revolve around yet. Yeah, there's a sign and it's causing us to, it's pointing towards something else. Like, um, what's your favorite place to go in Southern California? You're a, a longstanding Southern California resident right now. But if you have a friend in town, like where, where are you going? Where do you want to take them? Corona Del Mar. Yeah, for sure. One yeah. of the places. Did I That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, Crystal Cove, you know, it's beautiful, right? Like, and if you're driving down PCH and you're, you know, um, kind of t- towards Costa Mesa and you see the Crystal Cove side, it's not like, oh, we've arrived at Crystal. The side is, is meant to take you. So in the same way, the miracles, are, they're a sign pointing us to something deeper about who Jesus is. So to, there's going to be a lot lot of that through this. Um, so yeah, host that conversation well with within your groups. But then we look at the passage today, uh, Matthew 9, and it's, it's a long one actually, right? It's about 18 through 36. You're going to want to take turns and uh, maybe read it in, in chunks here. But uh, Tiffany, as we look at the uh, the passage together, what kind of things stand out to you? I mean, the questions here that we're highlighting are, you know, what do you learn about the people that humbled themselves before Jesus? Um, what do you learn about the the woman that, that was bleeding with an issue of blood? And really the thematic for all these questions is what do, what do these people have, have in common? What do you see as we interact with those that were healed um, in, in this passage? I mean, the first thing that stood out to me was that they're all desperate. They are desperate for Jesus. It was so clear that they were desperate, uh, that there was faith involved with with all of these people. They believed, you know, they were desperate for help. Hmm. And then they wouldn't have gone after Jesus had they not believed that he could actually do something about their circumstances. Right. And so there was faith involved. There was, there's this uh, desperateness about them. Um, and so I think that those are a couple of the characteristics that, um, stood out to me in this. Right. And you see um, four different healings, yeah. five different people. We've got a two for one with the two blind men that were healed. And in each healing, Jesus is showing us, right, that, that there's a desperation, there's a need, but also his supremacy over physical yes. ailments, over suffering, over death, over blindness, over evil, that Jesus reigns supreme over all things. And then in all of these situations, um, you're, you, what you just said, right, they, they seem desperate, like no hope. There's nothing that could happen that can happen. I mean, phys- physically dead in one of the healings. But I think they all seem like they were very, very final. And so you see desperation, and you also see a mixture of faith uh, in them calling out, calling out to Jesus. And um, Eric walks through that a little bit too, just the connection between our faith and, and, and miracles. What, what would you yeah. say? What would you say to that? What do you What do you see? So I I love what Eric pointed out in that our faith isn't the hero in this. That's good. You know? And Come I think on. that that's so vital and so important because I have heard really well-meaning people say some really damaging things when they when they equate the strength of somebody's faith as the ultimate. Yeah. Because the reason we can have faith is because of the strength of Jesus, the healer. Uh, and the miracle worker. And so I love that Eric made it really clear that our faith is not the hero in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's not that we have like faith in our faith. 
Right. Like faith is yeah. not some like um, this form of commerce that if we have enough right. in it, we can cash our faith chips in mm-hmm. and then finally get our, our blessing and our healing. Right. Um, it's faith. Isn't the, isn't the mechanism by which God d- does stuff. It, he, right. he gives us this gift of faith and faith is a, is a part of it for, for sure. But um, it's so much more about um, his willingness and his, his faithfulness. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I always point to, you know, how much faith did Lazarus have? Lazarus was dead. He had no faith. <laughs> he, had, so he had none whatsoever. And God still, right. still, still did it. And, you know, sometimes you do hear that, well, if somebody's not he- healed, it's either a couple of things. It's a yes. lack of faith or it's a sin problem. Mm-hmm. And while you don't want to totally dismiss all of that, but totally. man, we have misunderstood, like we can't make the stuff happen. We can't do it in our ability to, to try to earn something from God. It's about his miracle and what, and what he does. But you do see this component of desperation and faith, which I, I love that you're highlighting for us. Uh, and then we get into the uh, lookout in the different story. Uh, we read that these people in the lookout question, they're desperate for Jesus. We see people that admire Jesus. We even see people that oppose Jesus. And what do each of these postures towards Jesus lead us to? How would you interact with these lookout questions? Or the second lookout question, are these different type of postures still applicable to our world today? And maybe where do you see it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that as I think about these things, the, the three different categories that's built mm-hmm. out here mm-hmm. is... Um, you know, the people who were desperate for Jesus, they were close and they were ready to receive his hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people that admired Jesus, it's good, but uh, maybe there was a lack of proximity or like they were, they got to admire from afar, but they weren't like right, right. here asking for it, you know? Um, and then the skeptic, you know, of what he does work when we do see uh, what we think could be a miracle. We're so skeptical that perhaps we miss Jesus mm. working right. or we try to rationalize it. Like, I could think about the the man from Egypt who was on his deathbed a year ago. I I could rationalize that and say, well, then, well, you know, the doctors did this, and then, you know, maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't a healing, you know, and um, and so I think we could probably try to rationalize just about anything. And so I, I started to think about where I was in all of this, just Tiffany Lyons. And honestly, I have to work to always be desperate. Mm. I don't just I'm not like, and I land in the desperate category where. I'm ready to be to receive whatever God has for me. Um, I think that it's easy to slip into each of these categories right. at different stages in our lives and different seasons. And so I think I have to um, I have to work to not be skeptical, even when I hear. Um, I, I'm I'm sure you've encountered this, John, but like when you hear about a, a miracle that just feels like, whoa, this is wild. Yeah. Which all miracles are that way, but yeah. some sometimes yeah. when you when you encounter that, you're like, wow, I don't know what I think about that. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so there, there are a lot of times where I have to do the gymnastics and, and, and remember I need to be desperate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Need to be desperate and have the understanding. Again, it's a miracle. Um, it's not something that we always see, but you do see it as a normative operation of what Jesus did. Jesus always came proclaiming and demonstrating. And anytime we talked about the, the kingdom, one of the ways that we saw that the kingdom was here and it was coming was through the physical demonstration of healings, of driving driving out demons, that that was a normative part of Jesus's earthly ministry. And it's a ministry that's given to us to experience his healing, to to play a part in, yeah. in believing and stepping in and praying for other people to, to receive healing. Like we, we have that place as Jesus followers to do the stuff that Jesus did. 
Um, and so, man, part of it is is the desperation. It's it's recognizing that uh, things things are broken. There's pain in the world, and and that pain can be used to drive us towards a fuller dependency upon who Jesus is. And then I love what you're saying too. Like um, I had a friend that recently said something. Looking at um, it seems like it was so long ago now, but the whole Ashbury yeah, revival yeah. that broke yes. out, like amazing, right? And people had lots of questions about that. And um, there was a post that was went around and somebody said, you know, when it comes to these kinds of things, I'd rather be gullible than cynical. Oh, but I, I think, that. oh man, there's, yeah. some, there's something in that for me, like yes. uh, not naive and laissez-faire, but uh, it's just like, man, yeah, I, I want to lean into this and, and believing and and attributing anything that happens to me, yeah, this is God's goodness and he's in control and he's sovereign over all these things rather than being dismissive and having a, a nature that wants to press in to see more of that because we're desperate. We're desperate for that. Leaders, you're desperate for that in the in the, in the the groups that you leave. Like no doubt there are people in your groups right now that are sitting under, you know, the immense weight of a negative diagnosis or a wayward family member. There are things that seem irreversible and impossible. And if we believe, and we do believe, that yeah. what we just celebrated a couple of weeks ago is true, that Jesus rose from the dead and his power is at work within us, then that gives us hope that all things will be redeemed and will be restored. Maybe not always in the timetable that we want, but we can have a hope and a confidence to know that that's who God is and that is that is what he's doing. So then the look-in question. Um, you're going to probably have a form of this question week in and week out within your groups during this series, but... What does Jesus need to restore in your life? Is it your relationship with him or relationship with somebody else? Where and how do you see these miracles speak um, to something that you're facing now? Um, how would you kind of approach leaders to navigate that question and to shepherd their groups well through that? I think encouraging people that this question's hard, acknowledging yeah. that this question's hard. And, and you're asking them to be super vulnerable because when people actually put words to the hopes in their heart, to the things that are, are broken, need restoring, um, it takes so much courage because you're articulating this and you're hoping that God will step in. Right. You're hoping that a miracle happens. But what if you articulate it and a miracle doesn't happen? Does that hurt their faith? You know. Mm, so I think that good. this is like a struggle um, to articulate it. Every time I'm uh, praying with people with extended prayer, and the first thing I say after they share what it is, I'm like, I'm proud of you because you were bold enough and courageous enough to even say it. And it's really good, Tiffany. Yeah. And so um, sometimes uh, I think that as we're leading people, they may not even see the courage they have in asking God. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then the other thing that as, as leaders, we also have to wrestle with this. We recognize we have a God who can mm -hmm. perform miracles, but yet we have, we have stories where he has and stories where he doesn't perform the miracle we're asking for. And then how do we reconcile that? Um, and so I think having that double-fisted faith of God, we are going to be bold to ask you, but even if you choose not to, I'm going to believe that you're still good. Yeah. And I think even walking your people through that before you even go through the process of over this se season, you guys are going to be praying about some amazing things to happen. Yeah. And God's going to answer some of those. And then some of them, we're not going to know why, but it's not going to go the way we're, we're hoping yeah. um, because we don't see the whole picture. That's right. Yeah, that's the nature of what it means to follow him, to grow in the maturity of our faith, to have this realization of the kingdom that has come and is still coming, and the relational component of what that means to feel like you don't have the have to have the answers for, for everything, but to sit in it with people, to be in it, to pray with them, to listen really well, 
and to point to the sufficiency of the resurrection of Jesus and what that means for all of eternity, for all of eternity. So, Tiffany, come on. So good. So grateful for you and your perspective and how you pastor our church so well. Um, and leaders, we we can't wait to just see how God wants to use this series uh, over these next uh, five weeks. We know we've got a lot of new leaders that are listening that just graduated uh, from Rooted. and We've got Rooted that's starting out here again. So, man, we're so grateful for what you guys are doing, how you are shepherding day in and day out on the ground. We could not um, do what we do. We could not steward what God is doing uh, without your obedience and without your leadership. And so we're praying for God to do great things as we go through this series together. All right, Tiffany, thanks so much for your time. Leaders for your time. We will see you back here next week.